0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick Fine Solo. So the Warriors are now three in one in the preseason. They beat, they actually smacked <laughs> the Portland Trail Blazers at Chase Center, one thirty one ninety eight. And uh, you know, I've said this before, and I, I gotta be honest. Like as much as I love the vets, and I just love watching the Warriors just. As a team in general, some of my favorite games this season are going to be the rest, the vets games. You know, the ones where, you know, Steph needs rest. Obviously, Draymond is out. Uh, Clay is out. Wiggins is out. And even Poole is out. And you get to see the young guys do their thing. And when I heard before the game that all those dudes were not playing, I was like, oh, awesome. <laughs> We're gonna get a ton of Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, PBJ, and even some Ryan Rollins. And honestly, they didn't disappoint, you know, like I've always talked about how much I love homegrown talent. And for me, this is what it's really, really all about, you know, seeing these guys develop, seeing them kind of grow year to year, and you can just sense it, right? And they played a Portland team that was missing Dame Lillard, but pretty much just Dame Lillard. And so I think it's pretty encouraging that they held up so well. Honestly, like starting from the top, James Wiseman against just seeing him play the various starting centers in the league, especially big, strong guys like Nurkic, it's it's good to see. Wiseman use his fluidity, his athleticism, his skill to affect the game. Early on, he had a nice couple of pick and rolls with Dante DiVincenzo and he finished right. He finished left. The one going right, he was like, it was like a soft touch off the glass. And then going left, he used his skill to just avoid Nurkic and also lay it up off the glass obviously he's left-handed so seeing him go with his right and do it both ways was was eye-opening right we knew he had skill and he had talent and he had abilities but just seeing them slowly slowly come out when he gets these reps and as a reminder like this is his first preseason ever in the nba going into his third official season he would be a senior in college Right now. So, of course, he didn't play during the COVID year preseason because it was such a weird year. And then he was injured for last preseason. And now he's finally getting some reps and he's just in the gym, as they've been saying, as they've been reporting, just constantly playing. Before training camp, he was constantly just playing, getting as much run as he could. And it's clear that he's developing a good rapport with Dante DiVincenzo. We've already talked about how he's looking good with Jordan Poole. They were developing something before Wiseman tore his meniscus back in 2021. So it's good to see them pick up where they left off. That's just going to be a crazy, crazy thing. Change of pace on the Warriors' second unit. Can you imagine playing the Warriors' starters? Just those vets, all that shooting, all that just crisp play. And execution and then having to deal with James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Dante DiVincenzo, Jermichael Green off the bench. It's going to be, it's going to be rough for other teams. And yes, those guys are young, but just seeing them develop and imagine how good they'll be by midseason and then by the All-Star break, and then by the end of the season. So those are the things I think the Warriors are fully, fully aware of. And while there may be some hand-wringing, there may be some people doubting how those young dudes look right now and how they'll be able to contribute come the playoffs, the Warriors definitely have a plan for that. What you see now is not what you're going to see six months from now, eight months from now. You know, so just enjoy that ride because you know it's going to be really really interesting to to see how these kids grow up basically right before our eyes and the good thing about seeing them play against a team like the Blazers the Blazers also have a bunch of young guys and then all of a sudden it's like you know James Wiseman when he first came in the league he was the youngest guy on the court and now he's not so they're playing amongst some of their peers, some of the guys in their age group, you know, guys they probably played against in high school, in AAU, maybe even in college at some point. So that level of preparation, that level of like confidence is there. And you can tell that continues to grow. Wiseman, like on the broadcast, Kalena Azubuke mentioned that Wiseman went to therapy Uh, while he was out with his injuries. And I think that's a great thing, you know, like for such a young dude to actually really, really understand that he needs to kind of just like sort through the emotions, the feelings of whatever the downers are of being out for, you know, almost two years, you know, missing a whole year and a half of basketball. So I think that's good. And, you know, on the court, also, he hit the majority of his free throws. He was six for seven. I've talked about how, like he has a good stroke, he just needs to focus and nail those because he's going to get a lot of free throws as a big man, as a guy who is going to be underneath the basket, who can, you know use his pump fake, who can use his agility and also just like you know, get to the stripe, get easy points, at least four to five extra points per game at the minimum for him if he gets enough minutes so I think with him you know they're they're talking about how he is in the gym when he missed some free throws and he's just going to take 250 free throws per day just to really really lock that in and I think I think that's a positive Wiseman played 18 minutes only six for eight from the field six for seven from the line like I said seven boards plus 26 two assists 18 points I mean you know Honestly, I'm happy with that. Moses Moody was out there. He showed a lot of stuff. He showed a little hesitation move on the break coming down the court just to get past that initial defender. And then, you know, he's shown some creativity around the basket, a little step through on the baseline. We know that he's not a crazy athletic dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has athleticism. You have to to be in the NBA, but he's not some guy who's just going to like wow you with that. So it's good to see some of the things that he's picked up along the way and added to his game to get to the basket a little bit more, to fake guys out, to get to the free throw line. Uh, It just shows more maturity. And I think those are the things, again, that we're seeing in the preseason that we're going to see more of why Kerr and the coaching staff, why they're going to trust him with minutes on the court. He'll probably be one of the first young dudes off the bench early on in the season. Moody, he finished with 23 minutes, six for 12 from the field, three for six from three, five for six from the line, three boards, one assist, plus 18, 20 points. Solid. Jonathan Kaminga, we've talked about how this could be his opportunity at the power forward spot to get more minutes. And, you know, with Draymond out and everything, but, you know, he played small forward. He started a small forward for uh, Andrew Wiggins. And, you know, you can see Kaminga picking things up a little bit more and more. He doesn't look as crazy out there as out of control. And, you know, I keep saying this and emphasize that he hit a three. He hit a mid-range jumper early on. And it really is like once he gets those locked down, he's going to be a huge threat because right now you could tell people know his moves. There was a drive to the lane where Josh Hart didn't go for his pump fake. And then, uh, Kaminga rose up and I believe he hit a mid ranger from the elbow, but it's one of those things, you know, that coming is going to drive in, he's going to spin, he's going to pump fake, uh, he's going to pivot. He's going to try to do this, that, and the other. Uh, so people know to look out for those things, but beyond that, once they start having to guard his Three point shot or his mid ranger really, really closely. Cause right now they just favor his drive. It's just going to open up so much more for him. So as he develops those things, just, you know, watch out. Uh, on the defensive end, you know, he's always active. I love how he's taking on the challenge every single time. And, you know, I talked about in the last episode how Patrick Baldwin Jr. will push Kaminga for minutes. Uh, I I think um, one of the things is that Kaminga is going to be always, always superior defensively just because of his athleticism and his strength and his toughness and his ability to play several positions more so than Patrick Baldwin Jr. So I think that's something where Kaminga will always, always have an advantage in terms of that getting off the bench, but like I, I love Kaminga. I'm a huge Kaminga fan, and I just want to see him do well. I know the Warriors feel the same way. They just want to see him succeed because they see all that ability, all that talent. And I think that, you know, Kaminga, his ability to play three, four, five, and then guard pretty much like one through five, you know, small fives, that's going to be a huge, huge Advantage for him moving forward. Uh, His line was 24 minutes, only shot three for nine, one for five from three. Okay, so like I said, he needs to work on that. Three for four from the line, uh, plus 31, 10 points, three boards, one assist. So not the greatest line, but still, the eye test shows you that he's working hard, that he's going to get out there eventually. Uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., you know, he didn't shoot as well. In this game, he was only one for six, one for four from three. And, you know, he got burned quite a few times on defense. I think, obviously, defense in the NBA is something that you need to get accustomed to the speed, the quickness, the strength, all that stuff. He played some center in this one, guarding down low. And you could tell that that was something that he needs to get used to. Like he was trying to, you know, put your hands straight up, go straight up and not try to pick up cheap fouls, but he picked up cheap fouls. He needs to work on his technique in that respect. He was still kind of putting his hands up and moving into players or allowing other players to kind of move into him. So he needs to work on that. But again, like these guys, these young guys in general, but especially PBJ and Ryan Rollins, they're going to have, plus games, minus games, where it's just like, well, showed some promise and other games oh, show, uh, yeah, they definitely, definitely need some some work. Ryan Rollins needs seasoning, but I love seeing him on the court. He just looks like a basketball player. He has those kind of intangibles, you know, he just knows how to play. He knows how to do things. He hit a couple mid-rangers, and he got to the cup and, you know, you could see that he was just trying more things out. He got a lot more minutes. He played 16 minutes, 5 for 7 from the field, 1 for 2 from 3, 1 for 2 from the line, 5 fouls. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's uh, not surprising. But he had 5 assists and 2 steals, 12 points. So he's just got a good feel for the game. He has a good vibe about him when he's out there. He looks confident and just good instincts. So those are things that, you know, you just want to see from somebody who's a second rounder, like that they know how to play basketball, right? Like if you want to go back to someone like uh, Jacob Evans III, like you never got a sense that he really, really like knew how to play in the NBA, that he was like, that there was something special with Patrick McCaw early on you know, like in preseason, his rookie year, you felt like there was something there, you know, it's just that obviously that relationship soured and he never improved. And I just read that he's playing for the Sixers G league team, but with McCaw, his first preseason, he was doing some, some things where it was like, okay, this guy can give you minutes. And obviously he ended up being able to do that in the playoffs for the Warriors. Uh, Rollins, not going to have to do that this season, but you can tell that he's just a basketball player. You know, he, like he, he doesn't look like he's out of sorts out there. Some things you could tell, obviously, he needs to get used to some things, just like Patrick Baldwin Jr. But he definitely, definitely belongs on an NBA basketball court eventually. A couple more things, uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Okay, we knew that guy had athleticism, but it looks like he has actually more athleticism than we thought he may not be able to get up as high as g p two but the guy can rebound and he can he's got bounce you know i mean that's that's impressive, so that will come into play more so as the season goes on. Just again, he's a better all around player offensively he can initiate the offense and he can run pick and roll much better than Gary Payton uh, because of, you know, Dante DiVincenzo's shot making and just his playmaking overall. And like I said, that chemistry that he's developing with James Wiseman is going to be very, very valuable. And it's smart, right? If you're Dante DiVincenzo, you know you're going to be playing a lot of second unit with Wiseman. You better understand that that's your bread and butter, making Wiseman look good, you know, and then just playing Solid, Because if you become that guy who Wiseman can play with, then you're definitely, definitely going to become valuable to the team. Whether or not the Warriors are seeing Dante DiVincenzo as somebody they can keep past this season remains to be seen, right? Because obviously he's somebody who's just trying to rehab his value which is what a lot of people do with the Warriors. I mean, that's what they've been doing since the Dynasty kind of got into its third, fourth year, right? Picking up these guys who, you know, are willing to take a little bit less to kind of either chase a ring or bump up their value for the next contract. I continue to like him a lot. Jamichael Green, showing, again, he's a good pickup. I'm going to miss Otto Porter Jr. still, but Jermichael Green... That's the thing. Like, he is a solid three-point shooter as well. He was 8 for 10 overall, 4 for (laughs) 5 from 3. Admittedly, not going to shoot that every time, but the fact that he can is a big deal. Played 20 minutes, 8 boards, 20 points, plus 25. So, you know, he gives a lot of what some of these older vets over the years have given the Warriors, right? Like he's not David West, but he has that level of kind of just old school toughness. And he's not Otto Porter Jr. exactly, but he can give you that three-point shooting. He may not be as reliable throughout the whole season, but throughout his career, he's been a definite solid, solid shooter. So we good, we're good, okay, we're good. <laughs> and some of the other things that Auto Porter Jr., did hopefully? I mean, that's what some of the younger guys are supposed to step into, right? And Michael Green, he is more of a power player than Otto Porter Jr., who's more of a wing per se traditionally. So that might be something that is actually more advantageous to the Warriors this season. You know, I just want to talk quick about Jordan Poole. and I remember beginning of last season, I was talking about him being like that guy, that one guy on the team who can get to the basket consistently, pick up fouls. Like when the team is getting sluggish or can't hit outside shots, he's the guy who can drive to the basket, get fouls, get easy points, put the other team in foul trouble, get the Warriors in the bonus. Obviously, Steph can still do that. And it was proven last year that because of his like added bulk he has you know maybe he's lost a step in terms of quickness but he's still clever as hell and he's stronger and can get to the basket a little bit more easily in a different way than he did maybe you know seven years ago but it's crazy to me because now so you have Steph you have Poole Poole obviously exceeded those expectations last season led the league in free throw shooting percentage as well but now you have Jonathan Kaminga who can get there Moses Moody who's willing to get there you know uh take his lumps he ended up on the floor quite a bit and then we're talking about James Wiseman who can get there as well so you know we're looking at what the warriors are missing from last season and yeah you know, I feel like the warriors will be better this coming year I've said that before and I still believe that you look at last season before the season started I feel like the warriors are in a better position now than they were in the beginning of last season, right of course, coming off a title, but now you have a healthy clay, you have young guys who are more confident, you have more talent just talented players up and down the roster, and you have some experience right like that's that's the thing so if the season starts off slow or if some of the young guys are looking kind of iffy early on, practice patience, take the long view right because those guys. They've improved a lot already, and they're going to improve a lot more. There will be hand-wringing, you know, if the Warriors start off slow. Like, their schedule is rougher at the beginning of this season than the kind of cakewalk that they had at the beginning of the 2021-22 season. So just to keep that in mind. But they have more weapons, like more legit weapons. It's like seeing these guys on the court, they even have more just kind of potential two-way G League guys who have more talent, right? Like, <laughs> I like Pat Spencer's game, you know? <laughs> I see his potential more in terms of a fit than, you know, Justinian Jessup, who we were all hopeful for last offseason, but we saw that he really, really wasn't the answer to to any of the Warriors' woes. And then seeing, you know, Damian Lee and JTA, love those guys, appreciate them. But obviously they were older journeymen, they had ceilings. But even seeing guys like Lester is out there, They have game and that they still have that ceiling and that potential to improve and stick somewhere in the league if it's not going to be like with the Warriors down the road or with like the Santa Cruz Warriors G League team. It's just a lot of fun to watch these games. And if this is like a taste of what it's going to be like when the vets rest, I mean those are just going to be the best you know those are going to be the most exciting games to me to be honest i mean think about last season's games where uh the vets rested and you would just get these unbridled lottery talents running up and down the court now they have more seasoning and now you have james wiseman out there so it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I think I'm going to have to put my money on Jimmy G and the Niners. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also do want to just uh, address the announcement that Draymond Green is coming back on Thursday. He will be fined, but not suspended. He's coming back Thursday and he'll play Friday. He will not be suspended for any of the regular season, which starts next week. Uh, He's going to play against the Nuggets at home in the preseason finale. And um, honestly, like this is what the Warriors said they were going to do last week, last Thursday when the news first came out. And it's clear that their strategy was to kind of let it subside a little bit as much as possible, you know, take as much time as they could. And then to announce that they were just going to do the same thing that they were going to do anyway. And Steve Kerr talked about how a lot of this decision was from Not just like the Warriors brass, the coaches, the players, but from the vets. We'd heard that initially before the video came out that the vets didn't want Draymond to miss opening night, ring night, all that stuff. And that this is something that kind of just happens. Again, I'm not going to litigate that. I've talked about how disappointing this whole thing is and how I was happy originally that there was no video because it would just become a, a circus. And that's what happened. That's what it did. It's it's a circus. And you see it now, all the people reacting to the the decision, right? Saying that it's hypocritical or that it's a slap on the wrist or that all they really care about is winning or that, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't think everything's going to be just perfect all over again. I think that there is some some damage there uh I think Kerr mentioned that the culture has taken a hit it'll take a while to repair that and I 100% think that's a reality I think Draymond is probably still on thin ice with some of the players in terms of like just please don't screw something up again right like a couple seasons ago where the Warriors they lost that game in Charlotte because Draymond you know, lost it and, and uh, got kicked out of the game, got a technical and gave the Hornets like a, f- a few final shots. So, you know, if he starts costing them games again, then that will be an issue. Uh, but I think it's important. I mean, you know, I've always said it depends on how Poole feels. He doesn't have to talk about it. And I'm sure they're going to try to avoid having him talk about. I'm sure eventually, like in his first press or his first media availability, he'll be asked about it. And I'm sure he has a canned response from the PR department about how to move on. And I can't wait to hear that. I guess I'm looking at this more of like how it's going to affect the team. And I think this is an opportunity to kind of just like say, hey, this is us as a team internally. We're going to use this to maybe strengthen our bond and move forward and rely on each other and hold each other accountable on the inside. People are going to continue to call out uh, this decision. And I think that's that's fair. People can call it out. But I think for the Warriors in general, putting this behind them, if that meant suspending Draymond for five games, uh, then great that is putting it behind them. I don't really care about ring night in that respect, like if they think Draymond deserves to be there or if he doesn't deserve to be there. I'm concerned about how this affects the young guys, how it affects pool, how it affects the vets and how it affects like the trust. Um, Right now it seems like the first step is to make a decision which they have and then start moving forward from that. I'm very curious to see how this goes. We don't know how this affects some of the young guys. We don't know in what regard some of the younger dudes, uh, hold Draymond after this, you know, it might just be like, they're around him all the time. (laughs) They might just be like, okay, you know, he crossed the line like crazy, but like, it's not out of the realm of, you know, what could happen, what happens, right? We've heard a lot of that chatter. So it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I guess, uh, I'm impressed that the Warriors like stuck to their guns and did what they said they were going to do a week ago before the video came out. That shows some some real, real like uh, confidence in what you believe in. Do I agree with it? I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, am I surprised? Like I said, I'm not. Uh, I felt like if they were going to fold to public pressure, then... He would have been out like five games and missed opening night. Like I said, I do think like not everything is going to be well. This is not just like, okay, let's uh, let's move on from this and just uh, uh, rack up some wins. You know, Draymond still has to earn some trust back from his teammates, you know? Like he can't just be like, oh, I'm trying to be a better better person. He has to actively do it and he has to show it. And his fire on the court has to be there, but he can't cost them games. He can't cost them wins and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'm sure I'll have more thoughts on this as time goes, but I'm tired of talking about this stuff. I'll leave it uh, I'll leave it at that for now. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing Klay Thompson play in the final preseason game and just see some of the ro- real rotations, you know, like this is when the big boys play. And that's going to be like exciting for me and for all of Warriors fans to see where the Warriors starters are at, where Wiseman fits in, where Kaminga, Moody, etc., where this all falls into place and where we can actually start building for the playoffs. Honestly, that's that's where it stands. You know that. I know that. You know, that's an advantage of being a Warriors fan is that there is a long view you could take. So anyway. That's all I got for now. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors warriors check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society and is a part of the basketball podcast network and if you're so inclined please do leave us a five-star rating on spotify and apple podcasts and if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on apple podcasts that would be hugely hugely appreciated and it would be very very helpful thanks that's it music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amarto for production support. See you next time, and Go Dubs!